Welcome to Curve Beam Connect. Listen in monthly as we talk with doctors and experts in the field discussing innovations and insights into orthopedic imaging. Welcome to the Curve Beam Podcast. I'm your host, Vinti Singh. I'm the Director of Marketing here at Curvebeam, and we decided to launch this podcast to give doctors, patients, and anyone interested in healthcare and technology a look into how our solutions are changing medicine. Our guest for our inaugural episode is one of the fiercest evangelists of weight-bearing CT imaging and a passionate physician as well. Dr. Francois Lintz, MD, is an orthopedic surgeon at Clinique L'Union, a hospital in Toulouse, France. He is the scientific committee chair of the French Foot and Ankle Society, um, a fellowship committee chair of the European Foot and Ankle Society, and a founder and board member of the International Weight-Bearing CT Society. So his hospital, Clinique L'Union, acquired a curve beam weight-bearing CT system in 2016. And since then, Dr. Lentz has been using the technology in both his clinical practice and for research. So welcome, Dr. Lentz. How are you this evening? It is evening time in France. Yes, it's evening. I'm, I'm uh, very well, thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. It's an honor for me and a pleasure to, to be the inaugural uh, guest for, uh, for the Curvebeam podcast. And I hope that this all helps to promote this uh, game-changing technology. Thank you. Well, we're so happy to have you here today and to be able to share your knowledge with so many other people. So weight-bearing x-ray has been the mainstay of diagnosis for foot and ankle practices for decades, but can you discuss some of the limitations of this very standard technology that's available in pretty much any foot and ankle orthopedic clinic? Well, the first limitation is that x-rays are projected images. So they represent a three-dimensional structure that's projected on a two-dimensional support, which is a radiography, a plain film, whatever you call it. But anyway, it's a projection. So it's not reality itself. And that makes a tremendous difference for surgeons because when we plan surgery, for example, we like to know exactly what we're looking at. And in this case, we're with plain films, we're not looking at reality. It's distorted by a number of um, effects, which I won't go into the details of that, but amount to looking at the picture that in terms of angles, distances, things we have to measure in terms of planning a, a good surgery will not give us an accurate picture of uh, reality. The other downside, I think major downside with conventional radiography is that, as you said, it's the mainstay it's the it's the gold standard and the problem with gold standards is kind of people think that it's the gold standard until it's been overthrown that something that is better uh, but until then it still you know stands as the gold standard and we have to prove that all these downsides exist and that weight bearing ct is is better and we have seen the the massive increase in three-dimensional imaging or three-dimensional technique in every realm of industry, uh, economics, entertainment, and everything. But in medicine, we are turning more and more towards three-dimensional imaging. The problem with three-dimensional imaging up till now, in terms of the foot and ankle, is that it was non-weight-bearing. 
And when you're a surgeon and when you're planning a foot and ankle surgery, you have to know what the foot looks like in 3D when the patient is standing on top of his foot. Because what you're doing in the OR, it's going to affect the patient's life when he's standing. And so that's really what changes in weight-bearing CT is the ability to see the foot and ankle in 3D standing. So it allows us to do some proper measurements on a model that very accurately represents reality. As I mentioned before, Clinique Lunion actually has had a curve beam weight-bearing CT system for your third year. Can you describe some of the biggest impacts on your clinical practice since you started incorporating weight-bearing CT as part of your diagnostic protocols? So I guess I would only say one word is time. Time because in one single examination, you have all the information you need. You don't have to send your patient back for an x-ray because you have the x-rays and the CT and the weight bearing in just one compact solution. Can you describe what you mean by having the x-rays and the CT? Oh yes, that's because CubeView, so that's the software that comes uh, with the PedCat, includes a a plugin that's called InstaX. And InstaX, you can pre-program it to give you digitally reconstructed radiographs of any incidence you want. So you can program it for an AP and a lateral, or an AP, a lateral, and a sesamoid view, or an AP, lateral, sesamoid, and a Salzman view, or a long leg axial view, or whatever. You can pre-program it, and for every single of your patients, you will always have those x-rays that are available for you just on the click of a button. And and that's where the time savings happening because you don't have your x-ray technologist having to move the patient around and having to move the x-ray tube around. That's the funny thing is that now I've trained my brain to use Mm -hmm. the NPR and the 3D volume. So I don't look at the InstaX anymore. Really? So you're completely diagnosing in a three-dimensional plane? So I, I have learned to diagnose in three-dimensional plane. And that's what I was saying about gold standards being gold standards, like, like nobody is going to challenge a gold standard because it's the gold standard. But in fact, in history, that happens. People challenge gold standards, and that's how you get better gold standards. So people, we have to just not consider x-rays as gold standards anymore. Mobility now, the gold standard is satellite navigation. It's not paper maps anymore. And, and if I had said this 10 years ago, it would have been challenging. So I think that the main disadvantage advantage of x-rays is that they're still around and they're preventing lots of surgeons from having access to the best imaging systems and the best diagnostic possibilities for their patients. So so you mentioned um, a little bit earlier the foot ankle offset. To explain to our audience, you are personally involved in helping CurveBeam develop tools to speed up the 3D analysis process. We're working on tools so that even you would not have to spend the time looking at the the same way that you're getting those, your radiology techs are drawing those angles automatically for you on the InstaX views. We're working on tools so that basically the computer will make those 3D angle measurements for any surgeon. And it's it's been really exciting because, again, you're working directly with us on that project. But you had started thinking about these three-dimensional angle measurements before you even connected to CurveBeam. So could you kind of just talk about the concept of the foot as a tripod and how 
you devised the algorithm to compute foot ankle offset? To the questions of, of conceiving talus, of course, that's, that, that required going deeper into the reflection of how do you, in fact, adapt measuring tools to a new environment. Let's go back to this sat-nav thing. Okay, if you're used to measuring your route, to drawing your trajectory on a flat 2D map where you don't have, you know, information about elevation, about, you know, the 3D conformation of the terrain. If you just have a flat picture and a pencil and a ruler, if they give you a 3D model and you try to apply the pencil and the ruler, it's just not going to work. So the whole thing was to devise a new way to measure stuff in 3D. And the hind foot alignment was a good way to start because I was, for this, I was challenged at the time. I, uh, it was before weight-bearing CT even existed. So I was a fellow in Bristol with Professor Ian Winston, who at the time was president of the EFAS, so the European Foot and Ankle Society. And he, he challenged me by saying, okay, you've got to work on hind foot alignment. And the forefoot has something to do with it and find something. And it really happened like that. So I started off my fellowship and, and two months after I went back to see him and I said, sir, can you help me with this? You know, what exactly do you want? And he just said, yeah, find something. And in fact, he was right because nothing had been found yet. It was just, we had to find a way to measure things in 3D when we didn't even have weight-bearing 3D imaging. So we devised a protocol where we would have two perpendicular X-rays. And from these, we could find very limited landmarks and we could pinpoint out some very simple X, Y, and Z coordinates. Because that's how you describe things in space, right? It's not like on a, on a map where you have X and Y, or you can have a distance or an angle, right? Distances, angles, and points, they're all flat. But if, you, if you're in a volume and you use angles and distances, you just, you are blind to the majority of the information that's there. We needed something that uh, was going to work better in three dimensions. So this was a fellowship project and it ended with initially one and two publications. And we described the ground reaction force calculator offset. They understood that an angle wasn't informative enough with regards to hindfoot alignment. Hindfoot alignment creates deformities in the ankle because having the foot not exactly underneath the ankle creates torsion. It creates a, a lever arm that pulls on some ligaments, that compresses some cartilage, and that induces uh, joint degeneration. So that was the first key. It was to look at the forces, and we were looking to create an offset not an angle anymore. And the second inspiration came from a, a paper by Physical, so that's the uh, University of Iowa. And he published a very interesting paper on the, uh, on the foot tripod, and he called that the tripod index. And he proved that you could describe height foot alignment with regards to the forefoot 
better than with regards to the tibia. Because historically, you describe hind foot alignment as basically the angle between the calcaneus and the tibia. But the tibia may be twisted, and there might be deformities at the level of the knee or higher that result in the tibia not being a reliable marker of the mechanical alignment of the ankle. And so if you replace the tibia by the forefoot, and if you look at an offset, then you've got the keys to use weight-bearing CT to describe hind foot alignment better than what's ever been done before. And so instead then of looking at an angle, what we did is we looked at the whole surface of the foot. So we looked at a triangle that is described by the calcaneus, the fifth metatarsal head, and the first metatarsal head. And we calculate, so that's very easy to do, we calculate the center of gravity of this surface. And that is where the grand reaction force is going to apply on the ankle. We also find where the center of the ankle joint is. So that's the upper part of the dome and the midline of the ankle joint. And by projecting all this perpendicularly on the ground plane, it describes an offset. So you're basically looking very precisely in 3D whether people are walking on top of their feet or beside their feet. And that's the genesis of the, the foot and ankle offset. And then, what, and then at this point, curve beam, we decided to implement this in a software to make it semi-automatic. So now you don't, ha you don't have to look at the points and write down X, Y, Z coordinates and enter them in a spreadsheet and do some uh, sophisticated maths to give you an offset. It does it semi-automatically. So all you have to do is to click on these four points and it gives you a measurement for your hind foot alignment in 3D without using the tibia. So basically, selecting anatomic landmarks as easily with as just making a mouse click, and then the computer does the rest of the work. So that tool, it's, it's called TALIS, which stands for uh, Torque Ankle Lever Arm System, and it's available in as a, a beta tool as part of CurveBeam's visualization software. And even though it's not approved yet for clinical diagnostic use, um, there are a number of researchers around the world who've started using it for various uh, research efforts. So can you talk about some of the connections you've made with these researchers uh, who are trying to use this tool and in some of the work that they're doing? So I'm going to try to, but there's about four questions in one here. So, uh, so uh, yes, connections and research. I want to go back to what you said earlier this is going to become fully automatic. So our goal is within the next year or two years, you don't even have to click on the landmarks. Like the computer knows where the landmarks are and, and it just gives you the value that you're looking for. Of course, this is something that you can still change, okay? You're still, you're the one who's deciding. If you decide that the computer's made a mistake, but in fact, what we're gonna find is that the computer is making less mistakes than we are. In terms of research, so the semi-automatic tool has been used for a number of publications already. And of course, it's, it's something that innovators immediately recognize as, as a game changer. So the connections remade themselves and 
I was invited by Professor Martinus Richter in 2016 in Berlin, and that was the first ever meeting of the uh, of what became the International Weight-Bearing CT Society, because there were few people to have published on the subject yet, and I was one of them. And so in that group, there's people from all over the world now. There are people from Asia, Africa, from South America, North America. There's people from everywhere and everyone's publishing and doing research. So if you want me to comment on what we found up to now, is that the reproducibility, the reliability of these tools is much better. It's just another league compared to radiography, to conventional radiography. And that's just because it's measurements that look at the architecture of the foot in 3D directly. It doesn't depend on how the foot is rotated or how far it is from the X-ray source of what the power of your X-ray is or your settings or whatever. It's an industrial standard that uh, the reliability of, the, of these machines is tested continuously. Uh, they use phantoms to check that the distances, that the densities are measured right. And that just makes it so much more reproducible. So just to give you an idea, a typical X-ray measurement has a reproducibility, be it intra or inter-observer, of anything between 50% and 85%. Maybe 90% for, for really the best of them. But uh, here, the foot angle offset using the TALIS software demonstrated in a study that's been published in the Foot Ankle International Journal, so that's the journal of the American Orthopedic Foot and Ankle Society, peer-reviewed journal, okay, so it's, it's sound science and it's been published there, and the reproducibility was 0.97 and 0.99, so it's 97 and 99 percent. Those are, those are the figures that I'd want to go with if I were a patient. Definitely, I, I, I think so, and um, the, the, the other thing is that there is still a little bit of variation here due to that you're still the one who's deciding where you know the landmarks go. Once a computer does that, looking at thousands of parameters, it's the, re the reproducibility is just going to be 100%. And, and we, we know that for sure. It's just a question of time. And again, we really hope you'll come back again so we can just do a deep dive into TALIS and just talk even in even more depth about where that research is going and all the potential that that offers. And I believe I, I heard um, the Weight-Bearing CT Society is also currently working on a book. Yes. I don't know if we can disclose that yet, but that's underway. There's a lot of work that's been already done. So we decided that it was time to put it all together and make it more available. And uh, we're also going to be able to publish in this some, some data from Professor uh, Richter in Germany. He is probably the, the very first uh, user in 2012 or 14, I don't remember exactly. But he's got an experience. He uses it as, you know, uh, as a mainstream exam, as a standard examination. So he's been analyzing over 10,000 scans and he's found that the 
overall radiation dose economy for his population of patients is 30%. So just by using this technology, he, he saves 30% radiation for his patients. And he has been able to save, I think it's 16,000 hours of uh, manipulation times in the radiology department just using this technology because the acquisition time is only about 30 seconds compared to about 20 minutes if you want a full set of x-rays to look at your foot from every single angle and then you still have to have your patient back in to have a proper ct scan which is more radiation and takes even more time and more costs and everything so this is also you know very powerful data that we're going to be able to publish with uh, with this book and Dr. Lentz, where can people connect directly with you? Are you on, on Twitter, LinkedIn, any uh, outlets you'd like to share? I'm on LinkedIn and Dr. Francois Lentz on LinkedIn. And I'm also on the Curvebeam website, I think, and on the Weightbearing CT Society website. Uh, so yeah, feel free to, to ask your questions. And, and um, I'm also happy to, to host some visits to show people around and and show them what we're doing and yeah i just hope that this serves the cause of uh, better diagnosis and better planning for for our patients well thank you so much again for your time we're definitely looking forward to the next weight-bearing ct society meeting at aos and just looking forward to what more research you continue to put out and what more tools that you continue to help us develop. I, I think there's there's just, you can only go up from here and it's just so exciting to uh, have you as part of Curved Beam's journey. So thanks again. Yeah, I'm very proud and thank you again for the opportunity of this podcast.